The West Australian was reporting this morning, excuse me, a push by police for additional powers to use 3D facial mapping, iris scanning and voice recognition technology to use in crowds on prison visitors on anyone charged with an offence, the data being held in storage for future investigations. The police consider it an important tool, but whenever we've talked about things like DNA profiling, it's very, we're very keen to find out where the value is in these new technologies. Professor Paul Wilson is the Chair of Criminology and Forensic Psychology at Bond University. Professor Wilson, hello to you. Good morning. Uh, you would be very familiar, Professor Wilson, that a lot of us watch a lot of forensic programs on television and work on some kind of silly assumption that our police forces already use 3D facial mapping and iris scanning. But as a tool in the real world, how effective do you think it is? Well, I think all technology can be uh, effective, but uh, a lot of it uh, makes mistakes. Uh, it's not 100% perfect. Uh, we know that's the case with DNA technology, and we know that's the case with a lot of forensic science. Contrary to CSI and many pr programs like that, forensic scientists often make mistakes. Indeed, uh, forensic science mistakes are one of the major reasons for miscarriages of justice. And I guess I have to say, in, in Western Australia particularly, where you've had a number of miscarriages of justice, I, I would be very, very wary about extending uh, uh, huge powers to the police using technologies uh, which uh, clearly have many false positives. Can you tell us about the, the, the concerns you have specifically, say, with facial mapping and, and iris scanning to start with? Well, I have a number of concerns. Uh, what's the purpose? What purpose is it being used for? If, as uh, you said at the introduction of your program, that uh, facial scanning uh, images are going to be kept for future use, um, the, the question is, is, is why? I mean, why do we keep um, unlimited data on, on people who've committed no crimes? Why do we keep... Uh, forensic records on people who've been charged with a crime but then uh, acquitted perhaps. Um, I think we've got to maintain some sense of privacy in the world and even though 1984 has come and gone, I think we're now faced with a world where there virtually is no privacy whatsoever to extend uh, the amount of technology that keeps records of, of individuals who've committed uh, no offences, and to maximise the chances of miscarriages, I just don't think we should be extending um, that sort of technology. We're being told it would have usage, uh, let's say police are scanning CCTV cameras, looking for faces in crowds. I just wonder if you've got a, a frame filled with hundreds, maybe a, maybe a thousand people, is this technology able to and isolate and recognise an individual and on that basis the police say, there's our man? Well, um, the technology can in many cases do just that, but in many other cases it makes mistakes. And if you're going to keep a record of those mistakes, then I think you're putting individuals in real jeopardy of uh, something that can occur to them later on, um, which they've had no part in 
whatsoever. I think the other real consideration is that um, uh, we, we've got so much uh, information about individuals now through DNA databases, CCTV, which is extending itself everywhere. Just how far do we want to go? Why do we want to give uh, the state even more technology, some of it which um, is fairly dubious in terms of uh, simply not being accurate or having many inaccuracies? Um, why do we want to go in that direction? You're listening to Professor Paul Wilson, and we're talking about that uh, exclusive story on the front page of the West today with police looking for additional powers to new, use these kind of technologies. And I wonder what you think about that one three hundred triple two seven twenty. Did you read that and think this is a, a crime-fighting technology of value, or are you concerned? And as Professor Paul Wilson says, uh, this state has a fairly blighted recent history when it comes to matters forensic. Are you uncomfortable with the extension of those powers? Do you really need to know exactly what these things might be used for? Or maybe you fall into the category that says, if you've done nothing wrong, then it won't matter to you. Let us know. one three hundred triple two seven twenty. Finally, Professor Wilson, how does this compare with best practice in other countries like the United Kingdom, for instance? How far do they go with this kind of technology? Well, uh, they now have pulled back on DNA, for example. Previously, DNA samples were able to be kept um, for people who've been charged with crimes but um, not convicted of crimes. Now, legislation has uh, come into force which says that those records cannot be kept. And um, I think that must be the case here. We don't have that legislation at the moment in many states in Australia. And if we're going to extend the power of technology to keep records of individuals, of hundreds of thousands of us who've committed no offence, then I think we're returning to George Orwell's days. And I think uh, many of us will be very sorry for that in the future. And, very sorry about that in the future. And you would also, I understand, uh, want us to be very circumspect about the reality of this technology with the Hollywood depiction that we see so, so well, it's not just Hollywood, the, the media depiction that we see so much of this technology always working, always solving. Let me make it very clear that I'm not against forensic science, I'm not against um, new technologies uh, like iris scanning, uh, facial recognition and so on. But it does make mistakes, um, and the, one of the greatest causes of miscarriages of justice are forensic science mistakes. We've always got to keep that in mind. And we've also got to consider what sort of society do we want to live in in the future. Have we allowed technology to go too far? Have we allowed our privacy, our rights of, as individuals, uh, to be um, put aside too much? I think now is the time to say no enough is enough. Thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you very much. Professor Paul Wilson, the Chair of Criminology and Forensic Psychology.